Well, anyway, let's talk about a couple of things. He is the professor of economics. He is our uh, lead uh, economic analyst here on WINA. Ed Burton is with us, and you just heard him. And, you know, one of the focuses has been, it always typically is, Wall Street. And I know you follow it rather closely in the three different indexes. Are we still in a pretty good space when it comes to where the stock market is? Now, the stock market has had a heck of a run. Uh, if you think about it, the uh, Dow's kind of pushing toward 40,000. Just 15 years ago, it was 6,000. <laughs> so you're almost seven times as high as you were at the bottom of the market in March of 2009. So we've had quite a run. It's been led by the in last two or three years by the technology stocks, all of which are familiar to all of you out there. Uh, and the most recent one is NVIDIA. NVIDIA is capturing the spirit of the artificial intelligence uh, boom that uh, everyone's talking about. So the stock market's been very good. Bond market's been a different story because increases in rates mean bond prices fall. And so the bond market has been a bit uh, more difficult. Although if you invest in T-bills, you couldn't be happier. <laughs> You're getting 54 Percent, and if you're in money markets, you're getting somewhere between five and a half and six and a half, depending on what kind of money market it is. So, some savers are really happy about what they see out there. Anybody that owns stocks is very happy about what they see out there. But mm. as always, there are always storm clouds. But we could have said that two years ago, Jay. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> the storm take clouds have been there all along during yes. this rally. Yes, indeed. So Professor Ed Burton is with us. So I got to ask you about this. This topic was huge yesterday. It was even on our sister station, uh, Fox Sports Radio. The the Cavino and Rich guys were talking about what Wendy's, a fast food chain, has decided to do. Professor, they call it surge pricing. In their fast food restaurants, they're going to adjust the prices based on demand. Now, I know that in Economics 101, which you have taught faithfully for for several decades, there is the whole issue of supply and demand. And in the free market, you can charge what you want. I get all that. But what do you think about Wendy saying, hey, as early as 2025, we plan to test a number of features such as AI-enabled menu changes and suggesting selling based on factors such as weather (laughs) <laughs> that we think will provide great value. And so depending on what's going on, they'll change the price on you. Jay, I think it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than the price mechanism out there. It's a lot better than rules and regulations coming from a, a government agency somewhere. So I think it's a good idea because uh, it'll it means if you're willing to go a half hour early or a half hour late, you get a better deal. Look at it from that point of view. Ooh, like a as from a positive standpoint, like sure, they, maybe they reduce sure. the price. Yeah, if you really want to pay the lowest possible prices, don't go at peak times, and that's mm-hmm. a, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, you think we could uh, we could do surge pricing with assessments and taxes? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't comment on that. Yeah, all right. I'll it. refrain from refrain commenting. from comment. I'm just listen. Government people, I was just making a joke. All right, before you email me, I'm just saying. All right, we've got Professor Ed Burton here with us on the WINA Morning News. We're talking about a number of things. All right, Professor, you have been candid about the fact that where we are in terms of our deficit, our spending, our inefficiency at the federal level is a shared responsibility amongst all parties and leaders. Here we are again, and they're talking about whether or not they can fund the government. They typically will fund it because, you know, I think the Veterans Affairs is is subjected and agriculture. Um, 
again, the question circles back. Do investors pay any attention to this at all? Um, in well, terms they of used the to, Jay, but they, they don't anymore because that's just a sideshow. The issue is the size of the national debt. That's the issue. The issue is not whether or not we're going to pass a, a continuing resolution of some kind to continue to fund it. We'll end up funding it. There's no choice. The government's not going to default on its debt. The real issue is how did it get there? We're now pushing toward $35 trillion in an economy that only generates income in the high $20 trillions. Not a good, not a good look. We need to begin to kind of rein that in. But Professor Burton, I don't know, and I feel this way. This is just my observation. You, as an economist, understand the urgency of these dynamics, and I think other economists of, of various perspectives do. But, but it doesn't feel as if, well, it doesn't feel in, the, in what we observe that, that the politicians really have a sense of urgency? And do you think the majority of the American public really understands the urgency of the situation you're describing? No, Jay, I don't think people do understand the urgency. And economists aren't really talking about it, Jay. Economists have by and large poo-pooed the idea that the national debt's an issue at all. You see occasional economists, but not many. The vast majority of economists don't worry about the national debt. Look at Janet Yellen. She said it really didn't matter. Uh, And she said it repeatedly over and over again. Uh, there are a couple of people out there, Larry Summers worries about it, and recently Jamie Dimon, the chairman of the board of J.P. Morgan, opined that the biggest single problem facing America, and he said it's the most predictable calamity in American history, is the size of the national debt. That's the big issue. And by the way, its symptoms are ongoing inflation and higher interest rates. If you love inflation and if you love higher rates, by all means, continue to spend a lot of money because that's what you'll get. Well, it's interesting. So the people who were sitting in the same seat as you a few days ago in this program, uh, one was Jane Colony Mills. She runs Loaves and Fishes Food Pantry. She does amazing work in our community, Blue Ridge Area Food Bank. And that what they're pointing out, the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank out of Verona serves 127,000 people a month, Professor Burton. And these are not people who... You know, you you can make any assumption you want; it's going to be inaccurate. These are folks who are working, who are who have jobs that could be uh, in various socioeconomic levels, even middle class, and they they're being priced out and having to get food from the food bank because of inflation. Is that? one of those byproducts of a growing $34 trillion debt. That's exactly a byproduct. The, the government, uh, the more it spends, the worse off the lives of low-income people, poor people, uh, middle-income people. The rich rich folks you know, they're not worried about it. <laughs> they're all excited about it. Many of them are getting uh, special tax credits for buying their Teslas. And imagine you get $7,500. That's great. You mm-hmm. know, the, and, but if, if you're low income, uh, you're not out there buying Teslas or living it up on government largesse. Not, not at all. That's a popular misconception. You're out there fighting to pay the rent, fighting to put gas in your car, fighting to pay the food bill. Um, government spending, often designed to help poor people, ends up putting them in the situation we see now. So it, it, it's difficult, Professor. So uh, do you ever foresee... Um, it just, I think most people share the opinion that it's never going to change. So if it doesn't, how do sh- how should people protect themselves in a in a high spending, regardless who's in power, 
They're going to spend money. They're going to print money. What should we as consumers do? Well, the best thing you can do is save your money as much as best you can and put it in treasury bills. Just keep rolling over 5.5% treasury bills and you'll be pretty safe. It means that at the margin, there's things you, there are things you just can't buy. And we talk about how people are strapped, but remember, low-income folks are, have new iPhones, <laughs> they have uh, new sneakers, they have a whole lot of other things. So there are ways to save money even among low-income folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, for example, eating at Wendy's at 10 o'clock instead of 12 <laughs> o'clock, that kind of thing. Surge pricing. So if you're serious and you want to protect yourself, there are a lot of ways to do it. Um, and uh, But the best strategy is uh, look at the things the government provides for you and ask yourself, is this worth the, my standard of living dropping 3 and 4% every single year? <laughs> I don't get to vote on that, but that's mm. the effect of higher and higher inflation. Mm. And, Jay, it's not going away. No matter what people say about inflation and uh, higher interest rates, they've been predicting rates are going to drop how long? For a long time. And yes. rates have done nothing but go up since the beginning of this year. Across the spectrum, interest rates are higher, and inflation is picking back up. Wow. We're going to have another number tomorrow. It's projected to be 0.4. I don't know what it'll come out to be, but that's a 5% annual number, Jay, 5%. Wow. That's a big number. Professor Burton, always good to have you with us, sir. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Jay.